Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Thursday, June 30th. What's What is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. That includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm Madison Colombo. And I'm Nicoletta Papavasilakis. Coming up, we'll have some features from reporters, but now let's get started with the headlines. Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson officially joined the Supreme Court. This makes her the first black woman to hold a seat on the bench. Judge Jackson is replacing Judge Breyer, who sat on the Supreme Court for 28 years. That's definitely a long time. Judge Jackson begins work immediately, but currently the Supreme Court is just wrapping up most of their work until the fall. The court's been busy, with two other major decisions being dropped today alone. They ruled President Biden can remove the Remain in Mexico policy that impacts migrants looking to cross into the country. Yep, they also limited how much the EPA can regulate power plant emissions. And speaking of reducing pollution, by the end of the year, drivers may be paying extra in New York City to help the environment. Yeah, Nicoletta, the MTA is moving ahead with a plan in Manhattan for the country's first congestion pricing program. City officials say the fee will help reduce traffic and improve air quality with less cars on the streets. But the plans are still in the works. The MTA environmental assessment still needs to be approved, and there are some concerns to be addressed. One of those concerns comes from Mayor Eric Adams. He says that some should be exempt from the toll, like low-income New Yorkers and those seeking medical treatment. In other news, Barbie is celebrating Bowie. They are dedicating a limited edition doll to the 50th anniversary of his album, Hunky Dory. The doll wears a powder blue suit and bright eyeshadow like David Bowie in the music video for Life on Mars, a song on the album. This isn't the first time Barbie made the musician in toy form. They released a limited edition Ziggy Stardust doll back in 2019. The family of legendary rocker Frank Zappa just sold his entire discography to Universal Music. With 60 albums over a four-decade career and hits such as Valley Girl and Dance and Fool, that is certainly a big deal. Oh, for sure. While the price hasn't been released, similar artists have also sold their catalogs to Universal, including Sting and Neil Diamond. Bob Dylan also sold his catalog a few years back for between $300 and $400 million. Currently, the value of music royalties have skyrocketed to being worth 30% more than they used to. Zappa died at 52 of prostate cancer in 1993. Since then, he's been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and given a Recording Academy's Lifetime Achievement Grammy. To close out Pride Month, WFUV is highlighting New York City bars that have long served the LGBTQ community. I visited Cubbyhole in Greenwich Village, one of the only lesbian bars left in the city. Jennifer Corsino and Daphne Goldberg have been dating for almost six years. Daphne says she's more shy, while Jennifer is more outgoing. Despite these differences, one bartender at Cubbyhole thought they'd be a perfect match. That's where their story begins. I walked into Cubby as per usual, and uh, Debbie was the bartender that day. And she's like, oh, Jen, have you met Daph? And I'm like, no, I haven't. She's like, oh, let me introduce you. You're going to love her. And she's like, Daph, have you met Jen? You guys are going to love each other. That day was also Goldberg's first celebration of the Pride Parade in New York City. Before that, the first time she ever went to Cubbyhole, she was still exploring her sexuality. I think I stood outside of Cubby for like a half an hour. I'm like, am I going to do this? Is this what I'm doing? Because I was still questioning then. Goldberg says Cubbyhole provided a space to discover her identity. In fact, she says life wouldn't be the same if she hadn't decided to go all those years ago. Now, the two are regulars at the bar. It's where they unwind after Goldberg finishes work and Corsino gets out of school. 
But Corsino says beyond having a good time, Cubbyhole is where members of the LGBTQ plus community can be themselves. It's a safe space where you can have the conversations that sometimes you may be fearful to have in other locations. It's a safe space to explore your sexuality and not feel judged by whomever. It's just like that overall cocoon, which is why it's called a cubbyhole in our opinion. Corsino and Goldberg are one of many couples that met at Cubbyhole. Lisa Manichino, owner of the bar, says a number of long-lasting relationships started there. Hundreds. Hundreds. And, and these are couples that actually are still together. Tanya Saunders founded Cubbyhole in 1994. When she opened the bar, she did so with open arms to the whole community. Manichino says Saunders' hospitality is the reason why Cubbyhole has been able to survive, unlike many other bars of its kind. You know, she loved a variety of people, and she wanted a bar that was primarily lesbian, but a bar that welcomed everyone. Like, um, you know, lesbians and their gay friends, their family, like anybody who was supportive and fun and wanted to come was welcome. She did that when no one else was doing that, and it's got that kind of reputation. Cubbyhole is one of New York's only lesbian bars. In fact, it's one of three left in the entire city. Manichino has a theory to why bars like this have suffered through the years. It used to be that, that bars, gay bars especially, that were really the only places that you can go to meet people, you know, whether romantically or socially or what have you. But as, you know, the community progressed and we got more and more rights and we were more embraced by general population, they became less necessary for that. She also says the ability to connect over social media has caused the neglect of lesbian bars. With the advent of technology, you know, you can meet people online. And so you didn't really need the physical space to go and meet people. Manichino says there's a certain magic at Cubbyhole, something you can't find online or any other place in the world. But she didn't realize just how powerful the bar was until the pandemic forced it to close. We used to have uh, security gates that came down and I would find like these little notes and things that people would leave. Like, oh my God, um, what can I do for you to open? I, I met my wife here. I met, you know, I had the best time of my life here. I, you know, this, I had my first kiss here. Cubbyhole has been the site of many milestones for its patrons, like Corsino and Goldberg. Lesbian bars are few and far between in New York nowadays, but Cubbyhole shows how these spaces can bring people together to create irreplaceable, perhaps life-changing moments. Now we turn to the world of sports with WFUV's Ryan Gregware. So NBA free agency kicks off tonight. What are some big moves we can see happening? Yeah, so it's expected to be a busy offseason, but at the top, it doesn't have the same star power of all-stars wanting out from their current teams. After Kyrie Irving accepted his player option, James Harden did the opposite, but reports have shown it was to come to a long-term agreement with the Philadelphia 76ers. It looks like the biggest star who will be on the move is Donovan Mitchell of the Utah Jazz with their new front office regime. The Heat look to be the frontrunners to land the three-time all-star in a package centered around Tyler Hero. While the Nets are capped out, the Knicks have been making an all-out push to land Mavericks breakout star Jalen Brunson. After recently hiring his father on the coaching staff and trading three players to create cap space to sign Brunson, all signs point to the New Jersey native coming to New York. However, the Mavericks are able to pay Brunson the most money, so it should be a fascinating decision to watch unfold. We saw the first big deal yesterday as the San Antonio Spurs traded young and up-and-coming guard DeJounte Murray the Atlanta Hawks for Danilo Gallinari and three first-round picks. The Hawks' backcourt now consists of Murray and Trey Young, 
as they look to return to be the contenders they were in 2021 when they reached the Eastern Conference Finals. So after a few weeks, the second phase of All-Star voting starts in Major League Baseball. What can we expect? The second phase includes just the first place and second place vote getters for each position for the fans to vote on. Whoever ends up number one in each position after the second phase is automatically locked in to the starting lineup for the All-Star game. Expect a few New York, New York players to represent, including Yankees slugger Aaron Judge and Mets first baseman Pete Alonso. As the Yankees maintain the best record in baseball, expect many of the players to head to Los Angeles for the Midsummer Classic. And what you got for us in tennis today, Ryan? The second round of Wimbledon carries on today, as the resounding favorite Novak Djokovic is still in position to win yet another major. Rafael Nadal continues to creep up on his doorstep as he wraps up a match with Ricardis Barrancas this afternoon. With WFUV Sports, I'm Ryan Gregware. Thanks, Ryan. For today's FUV Focus Spotlight, Robin Shannon talks with assistant music director and DJ Eric Holland about his interview with musical prodigy Derek Trucks. WFUV's Eric Holland recently sat down with musician and guitarist Derek Trucks of the Derek Trucks Band. So, Eric, give me a little history. What put Derek Trucks on the musical map? His amazing guitar player, specifically his, his slide guitar playing. Uh, but this guy has been on stages since he was 10 years old or younger. Uh, he's the nephew of Butch Trucks of the Allman Brothers Band. So I don't know, without looking it up, how old he was the first time he sat in with the Allman Brothers, but probably 11, 12, yeah, something like kid. that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had the chops even then. You know, absolute prodigy. Uh, and he started the Derek Trucks Band as a very young man. Uh, and then he, he joined the Allman Brothers full on. That's how he he uh, he got into the, the rock realm. Uh, but for the last dozen years, he's had this band, the Tedeschi Trucks Band, which is remarkable because it's a 12-piece band. Uh, and nobody does this, as we know. It's so hard to keep a band together with backing singers and, and a horn section. And uh, they got a lot to be proud of, I mean, specifically, specifically Derek and Susan, because, you know, they, they keep that musical family together. And by Susan, you mean his wife, Susan Tedeschi, who we also play at WFUV. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so, Eric, give us um, just a sneak peek at some of the things that you guys discussed during your interview. Well, their new project is an epic. It is four albums, four oh, distinct wow. albums. Yeah. Um, so you could look at it as a quadruple album, um, and it will be packaged as such when it comes out on, on vinyl. Uh, but... It's it's the most ambitious thing they've ever done, uh, and uh, it it came about from Layla and other assorted love songs, which is an album that Derek Trucks is crazy about by Derek and the Dominoes. In fact, that's how Derek got his name. Wait, wait Layla? What is La- the Layla from Eric Clapton? Right, okay. right, yeah. Mm-hmm. So so that song uh, was based on a poem, which I never knew. Um, and this poem goes back to 13th century or actually 12th century, this Persian poet. Uh, and uh, they decided to go back and read that source material for inspiration. And the question was, you know, well, what did Layla think? You know, right. what's her perspective? <laughs> and that's what informed wow. the, the songwriting. Wait, so to clarify, so Layla from Eric Clapton was actually based on a 12th century poem? Correct. And so um, 
Derek Trucks went back, looked at that poem, and that was the inspiration for this massive project that he just put together. Right. One of the members of the Tedeschi Trucks band, Mike Madison, uh, came up with that idea. And then where can we hear this interview? WFUV.org. It just posted this week. Thanks so much, Eric. My pleasure. For Eric Collins' full interview with Derek Trucks, visit WFUV.org. And that's our show for today. I'm Nicoletta Papavasilakis. And I'm Addison Colombo. Check back with us tomorrow at 3 o'clock for more news, music, culture, and sports. And tell your friends so they can find WFUV's What's What at WFUVnews.org and wherever podcasts are found.